0: Psalms 126, six verses to this chapter. We'll read them all and then we'll preach what God has given us. Psalms 126, begin to read in verse 1. The Bible says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream." And then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them." The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow into you shall reap in joy, and he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You can be seated this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning uh, needing your help. Uh, We thank you uh, for the opportunity we have to stand. I thank you for the calling that's on our life, but Lord, we certainly cannot do anything without you. And you told us that in John 15. He said, for without me, you can do nothing. And this morning, we're just a feeble vessel, Lord, trying to do what you'd have us to do and I pray that you would touch and anoint this morning. I pray that if somebody here lost, that they would get saved. I pray you would deal with their heart. I pray that you would allow them to come to know you. I ask for the one that might be struggling, or Lord, the one that might be hurting, or one that needs direction. I pray they would find it in you and in your word this morning. I ask that, Lord, that when we leave here, we would not only leave here different than what we come in, but that we would leave better. And, Lord, that you would do a work that I cannot do and that these dear people cannot do in their hearts. But, Lord, you'd do the work. I beg of you to help us now. I'm trying to beg of you as most humbly as I can this morning that you'd help. And we'll thank you for it. Say that sinner's nearest tail it's in your name. Amen. And amen. In this passage of scripture, the Zion, Israel, the Jews are talking about uh, their deliverance from captivity. I don't know if this was Babylonian captivity. I almost think that it was. Uh, And so they are writing a Psalm about that thing. A psalmist has wrote this. You do realize that David did not write all the Psalms. He wrote a lot of them, uh, but not all of them. Uh, but here they have been turned again in their captivity. And I want you to take your Bible and go to Psalms 137. And let me, by way of uh, introduction, uh, say that in Psalms 137, uh, they are in captivity. Uh, they are in Babylonian captivity. If you go there, the Bible said by the rivers of, uh, by Babylon, uh, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. Uh, we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof, for there they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. And how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Uh, They're carried away into captivity. Uh, But more than that, they're in a place where they are weeping, uh, where they are crying, uh, where they have no joy. They have lost their joy. They could not sing and they had hung their harps on the willow. Uh, let me ask you today, have you ever been in that place where you lost your joy? Have you ever been in the place to where you were not happy in the Lord? Uh, the Bible said that the joy of the Lord in the book of Nehemiah, I believe it is, uh, uh, is our strength. And without the joy of the Lord in our life, we do not have much strength. Uh, There's so many Christians going around today uh, that are living beat down. Yes. Uh, so I made a statement here not too long ago while preaching maybe a couple of weeks ago. I, I opened a message up with talking about how that uh, a lot of folk are not living defeated, but they're not living victorious, and they're somewhere in between that thing. Uh, you're not lost anymore, but you're saved about... You're not living the victorious life. You're not living the happy life. And and I'll be honest with you, in Psalms 137, they're in captivity because of sin. They were carried to Babylon because of the sin that they had committed against God. Let me say quickly that, uh, friend, the reason you may be unhappy or you've lost your joy uh, is because there is something between you and God. There may be some sin that you've not dealt with. There may be some personal things that you need to deal with, uh, and you've lost your joy because of that. Psalms 51, David, as he is uh, getting right with the Lord, you know, he said, Restoring to me the joy of, of thy salvation. Uh, there's joy in being saved this morning, amen? There's happiness in being saved. There really, really is. I, Uh, And would to God that folk would learn that, and would to God I would remember that from time to time. Uh, But he was trying to get right, and does get right with the Lord. He talks about in Psalms 38, I believe it was, uh, he talks about how that his iniquities have gone over his head, uh, uh, as in heavy burden, they're too heavy for me. uh, He said, I can't carry them, I can't handle them. uh, And when you're carrying the Lord, it's a hard thing uh, to be happy. And when you're carrying that thing, of sin, but not all unhappiness and not all joy robbing is because of sin. I understand that. I think we learn from what we've been studying in the book of Job on Wednesday night is sometimes it's just life. Man is born a woman is a few days uh, and full of trouble. Life will rob you of your joy if you'll let it. How do you know that? Because I know life's not fair. Life's not fair whether you're saved or whether you're unsaved. Life is not going to be fair. And you need to understand that, and so do I. But uh, listen, do you ever wonder sometimes, uh, uh, in the midst of what you say, well, I'm I'm saved, preacher. I, I'm going to heaven. I'm trying to uh, live my life for God. Uh, why am I in this sheep uh, uh, that I'm in? That's a good question, ain't it? You ever look at the shape that you're in and go reckon what kind of lesson I'm trying to be learning right here. Is there a lesson to learn? Is it a trying of my faith? And sometimes it is for God to get your attention. Sometimes it is for you to trust God. Sometimes it is for him to lead in your life. And sometimes we may never know why we go what we go through. How long has it been since you enjoyed your relationship with God? How long has it been since you've enjoyed your Christianity? How long has it been uh, uh, since you felt God come by and squeeze on your heart? The battle and life and and the mountain, the storm, whatever you want to call it, I, I friend, I'm going to tell you will wire us out uh, if we'll let it, and it'll keep us uh, uh, from enjoying uh, our Christianity. Uh, when I look about these verses here, the text verses that I read, they were happy. You ever been around somebody that's been happy in the Lord? Uh, and you were not happy in the Lord at the time. Two things generally come to my mind when I'm in that shape. One is reckon how they got that. Why are they so happy in the Lord? Uh, and why do they get to be happy? And right now I'm not happy. And you want to figure out what they're doing in comparison to what you're doing. Or number two, uh, you want them to be as miserable <laughs> as you are. Because misery loves company. Why are you looking at her, brother? <laughs> oh, I'm just having fun now. I'm just having fun. But misery loves company. And I don't know why it's that way. I don't know why we sometimes get so self-consumed that we look at self so much and, more that it's all about us, you know. But sometimes it's hard, it's hard to get away from that thing. And in Psalms chapter 137, they had lost their joy. uh, But here in Psalms 126, uh, they had their joy. I want to look for just a minute on on a thought on uh, when the Lord does great things for us. Number one, look at the very first verse, they said that what when he turned their captivity, we were like them that dreamed. He number one, he done something unimaginable. Has God ever done something unimaginable for you? See we can focus on the bad times uh, and we can focus on the sorrowful times and the grieving times uh, and the times when things are not going the way that we want them to or need them to but I'm going to tell you if you're saved uh, and you'll trust him yes. we'll get to that place where he will do something unmanageable. For the sinner to get saved, I thought about that. He talks about sowing in tears and reaping in joy and bearing the precious seed shall doubtless come again. Have you ever witnessed and talked, and witnessed and prayed and witnessed and witnessed and prayed and prayed and wanted somebody to get saved? And then they did. Amen. Boy, ain't that a wonderful thing. And I'm talking about somebody that you shed tears over and wept over and and pleaded with them to get saved. And God in His mercy, I kept dealing with their heart and they got saved. What a wonderful time. Amen. Amen. And it almost seems unimaginable. That one heart that was so darkened and one heart that was so heavy and one heart that was so spinning the world that they would even look up to heaven and want to get saved. That is amazing. But then for the sinner themselves, I thought about this here. They're the ones that's in captivity. We're no longer in captivity. But, and some of you got saved later in life. I, I, and, and, and you're like them right here. I, I, and say, man, I couldn't believe that salvation would have been this good. I'd have done it a long time ago. I had a noted. Amen. And yet the preacher and folk around you begging, pleading with you to get saved. Me and my wife sung that song, it's different now. But when, when we got saved, it, it become different. I, I was dwelling on that this past week. I, I got saved at 14 years old and I can remember going back to school I, I, and, and, and I don't. I, it's not that I planned it, it's not that I thought it through, but I'm telling you, I cut some friends loose I, I pretty quick that I had after I got saved. Things begin to change. Well, let me ask you something this morning church. Has God ever done anything unimaginable for you? You may, you may be there now that you need God to do something unimaginable. You need God to do something that would seem like a dream that would seem like that it's amazing that He answered. My prayer. you ever been so bad? Let me ask you this. Have uh, you ever been in such a place uh, uh, in your life uh, uh, that when you pray that if God answered, uh, uh, you wouldn't believe that it was him that answered? Job chapter 9, he said this, if I had called and he answered me, yet would I not believe that he had hearkened unto my voice. Job was in such a state of mind and such a state of spirituality that he said, even if I prayed and God heard and God answered, I still wouldn't believe it was Him. Ever been there? But yet here they are, and said they have. Uh, he has turned our captivity uh, of Zion, and more like them that dream, we can't believe God done this thing. You ever been there? I have. You ever had God answer your prayer? I'm not talking about a, a, a little dime, a, a little ten cent prayer. I, I'm talking about one of them prayers where you're seeking God. It seemed like day in and day out and you're praying and seeking Him and you kept on praying and you kept on praying and you kept on praying and God heard you. Amen. He's done that for me. He's also answered them prayers. And by the way, not not all short prayers or ten-cent prayers either, by the way. It's just sometimes you need an answer now. Something is short. There's a short time period and and you need to get that thing answered now. God knows the seriousness of our heart. They couldn't believe it It was unimaginable. Ephesians said now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. He said to God of heaven, I, I can do above exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or what we can even think about him being able to do. They were excited. It was like a dream. You ever wanted something for so long, and then it finally happens? It's like a dream. It's unimaginable. It's amazing. I thought about the ability of God and the work that He can do in our life. You know, He He fed the five thousand plus the women and the children. Five thousand men plus the women and children with five loaves and two fishes. And took up 12 baskets. He does things in excess, don't he? Yeah. Uh, I, I th- I, now think about that for just a second. He, he, he took a little bit of something uh, and made a great big out of it. That's unimaginable. He delivered uh, Hananiah, Hazariah, Mishael, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He delivered those men from the fiery furnace. He delivered Daniel from the den of lions. But yet those fellers had to be tossed into the fiery furnace and yet Daniel had to be placed into the den of lions. A lot of times we want to be delivered ahead of time. A lot of times we don't want to have to go into the furnace. We don't want to have to face the lions. We don't want to do those things. But there's a reason. David had to face the bear and the lion when he was a shepherd boy to go out Why he was a shepherd boy and face an uncircumcised Philistine out there that was a giant that was far bigger than he was. You ever think that God may have you in a place right now getting you ready for something bigger? Think about that for just a second. He, he had David face a bear and a lion when all that was at stake was some of his father's sheep. He said, well, they were sheep. They were worth, yeah, they were worth something. I won't argue that point, but they were sheep. But sometime later, he's going to face Goliath, and that's going to lay the whole nation of Israel on the line. You may be going what you're going through right now and it's about to beat you to death uh, uh, and you're worried about the situation that you're in uh, uh, and you may not have any joy right now but God may be trying to get you somewhere uh, for something later. You know David did defeat the bear and the lion. I bet he was overjoyed about that thing wasn't he? Can you imagine the day that he took that stone and put it in that sling and he ran toward that giant and he's slinging that thing over his head and he turns that thing loose and there it goes. I pops him right in the forehead, the only place. He didn't have any armor and he falls on his face to the ground. I've never figured that out. He hit him in the head so by momentum he should have fell backwards but yet he fell on his face to the ground, the Bible says and here comes a shepherd boy who's probably 16, 17, 18 years old jumps on top of Goliath armor and all don't have a sword in his hand has to reach down there with Goliath's own sword and cuts his head off and holds it up let me to tell you something else You'll find a time when David is on the run from King Saul and he makes it over to where the the priest is. He's got some men with him. And and he says, we ain't had nothing to eat. We ain't got no weapons. We had to leave so quickly. Uh, And he said, we had to go. He said, you got any weapons here? He said, we ain't got no weapons here uh, besides the sword that you took off Goliath. And he said, it's wrapped up laying back here. David said, give it me. He said, there's none like it. I kind of imagine that when he heard that from the priest that I've got Goliath's sword. And I've preached on that here. Y'all know that. Uh, When he got Goliath's sword, he was reminded of that battle. God has a way of reminding us of the battles. There's a reason, there's a reason that I have wrote down things that God has done and that it's been unimaginable how God moved and what God done in my life and in my wife's life. I mean, what He could do for us if we just trust Him. He calmed the sea twice. One time He walked on the sea to get to His disciples, but yet they had to be in the storm. He he delivered the Apostle Paul more than once if you read over there uh, in Scripture. They were all delivered, but yet they had to face the problem first. Most of the time we don't want to face the issue. We don't want to face the problem. We don't want to deal with what's in front of us. We just want to be happy uh, and be in the place where it talks about them. We were like them that dreamed. I do like it when it's like that. I like it when God does something unimaginable. Most of y'all know this story that I'm about to tell, but for y'all that don't, it'll be good for you. Amen. I told this the other day at the nursing home while I was preaching. I, I was preaching the other day out of the book of... 2 Samuel over there when David was climbing, when he's on the run from Absalom, you know, or 1 Samuel, I no, believe 2 Samuel, and he's running from Absalom, and, uh, and he had to climb the, 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 the Mount of, uh, of Olivet over there, and uh, all the things that he went through, but how God supplied and God delivered and brought him through all that. But, but I was reminded while I was preaching that message about uh, the prayer that I prayed that night, my wife was sick. And she had to go to the hospital, and I and, and I mean just over and over and over again, I prayed that uh, the Lord would would you know give give her another test, let it come back negative, let him move her to a room that I could go and be with her at the hospital. I mean that's back when COVID was raging, you know, they wasn't going to let me in the hospital, not on the COVID hall. Was you not afraid to go? No, I already had it. Amen. You know doctor came in there one day and said, why why are you here? Why are you not wearing your mask or whatever? And I said, because man, I've already had it. I ain't worried about it. But you know what? I I left her at the hospital that night and I'd already started praying. And and, 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 and I'll be honest with you, this thing seems so unreal, especially at the time. But looking back over it, I, I see what God was up to a little bit. That, that I just simply started praying, Lord, let Him give her another test. Let it come back negative. Let Him move her to a room that I can go up there and be with her. And that next morning, about 10 o'clock, she called me. Now, I'd prayed that all night. I'd slept just a handful of hours. I don't know what she was praying. I have no idea. We've never really talked about that. But all I know is what I was praying, what I was asking God to do. Uh, was you asking God to touch her? I really can't remember if I was asking God to help her. I was being very selfish because all I wanted to do was go and be in the hospital. But I remember that next morning when the phone call came, she said, "Well, she said some things has changed. She said they give me a test last night. It come back negative. They moved me into a room, and you come up here now." That was almost unimaginable. You said, "God really do that? God really done that?" I couldn't do that. I couldn't make that thing happen. Hey, let, let, me, let me say this. During, during the hard times, during the times when it's like Psalms 137, I, I don't lose your faith in Him. Amen. Psalms 28. I come across this verse while I was studying for the nursing home. Psalms 28 said, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him and I am helped. Did not say that God answered their prayer. Did not say that God moved for them. He just said, He's my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him and I am help. That's where our help comes from is when we trust in Him. It may not be that God's going to do something unimaginable today. It may not be that God I, I is going to work a dream for you today. I, I, but we can sure enough trust Him today. We sure enough put our faith in him and our strength that'll come from him and know that's where it comes from. Take your Bible and go to the book of 1 Samuel. Most y'all know this. I remember where I was when I got the very first message I ever got about Hannah in the Bible. Was when me and my wife was living in that old single wide trailer. I was sitting in the floor sitting in the floor in the living room with my Bible in my hand, just leaned up against the couch about one o'clock at night. It's just amazing what you remember. Sometimes you should remember that stuff, don't you, Brother Marlon? I mean, I've, I've preached here for 22 years and don't remember every one of them, but I do remember this one. And I remember when God showed me this verse right here in verse 18. She has prayed. She has wept. Uh, she has been uh, in verse 10. She's in bitterness of soul. Uh, in verse 11, she talks about her affliction. Uh, uh, prior to that, her adversary has provoked her, made her fret, uh, uh, and all these things. In verse 15, she said, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. In verse 16, she told uh, Eli, for out of the abundance of my complaints and grief have I spoken hitherto she said I've been praying because of my complaint because of my sorrow because of my bitterness I, I, because of, of, of my grief everything is wrong in my life in verse 17 Eli answered and said go in peace and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him and she said let thine have made fine grace in thy sight so the woman went her way and did eat and her countenance was no more sad She was not holding a a baby. That's what she wanted. That's why she was in the shape that she was in. She had had no children. But yet she's not holding a child. But yet she's not sad anymore. You say, well, he said God would grant that petition. She had to trust in something. What men you need to trust in uh, is the very fact God may not work it out the way we want Him to work it out. What men you need to understand, what I've got to remember, is that I just know that He'll work it out. See, it's, it's fun, and I use that word uh, loosely or tightly ever how you want to look at it. Uh, uh, it's, it's, you know, He said, hey, if you go on down through there here in a minute, we'll get there, He said, we We lie. They joyed at what God had done. I'm telling you, it's easy for me to stand up here and smile and tell you about the time that God's answered all my prayers. Well, what about the times when He didn't answer them like you wanted Him to? And things didn't go the way that you wanted them to. We've been there too. We've been there. There's been sorrowful times in our home. There's been sad times in our home. But we just keep trusting Him. But they dreamed. It's like they dreamed. Well, this thing ain't preaching nothing like I thought it was going to. Has God ever done anything unimaginable for you? He has been. He's still doing things unimaginable. But let me ask you a question. Did you know he was going to do them until he done them? You say, I just knew. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to be honest right here. Have you ever said, boy, I just knew God was going to move. I knew God was going to move. I knew God was going to move. I knew God was going to move. And you're still waiting on God to move. I've told you the story about my next door neighbor and about his sister-in-law, she would ask me, Miss Reba, she would, she, she would say, I've been, been praying for Junior. You've been praying for Junior? She said, I, I've prayed for Junior for 25 years. And then it turned into 30 years. And then 35 years. And she just kept on praying for her brother-in-law to get saved. And then it turned into 39 years. Oh, Junior got saved. She never give up, but... You know, there comes a time that we just keep praying and praying and praying that... Man, it makes you wonder whether God's even hearing or not. And you're talking about robbing you of your joy. Don't, don't lose your faith. Don't, don't lose your hope. Don't lose your joy in Him. Just because He's not done anything unimaginable yet, just keep trusting Him. Verse 2, He said... Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Well, they, they, had, they had a time of happiness and joy and praise. In Psalms 137, they refused to sing. They wept, but now something has changed. Why? Verse 3. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. You ever watch the Lord put homes back together? I've seen that happen over a few times. As a gentleman I used to work with, and he got in drugs, and he ended up in... He knew something was wrong with him. He knew that those drugs had him, but he knew that he wasn't going to defeat them things by himself. And he checks himself into a men's home, but a biblical men's home... Amen. And they got him dried out, but they got him to Jesus. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, that made, and his wife had divorced him. They had one child at the time, uh, uh, and, 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 uh, and when he came to work, uh, where I was working at at the time, he was still divorced. He'll, he'll talk about, man, when I come to work here, I drive an old truck and it was leaking gas, and, and I mean, all those things. He can tell you all kinds of stories, you know. But you know, I watched, I, I watched him after he got saved, I watched him grow and grow in the Lord and grow in his life. You know him and his wife got back together and got remarried. All because God done that. They've got another child now. He's running two, two successful businesses. All because of the Lord. He done something unimaginable. That just seems unimaginable to me today because we we look at people and and their homes get busted up and they get destroyed and we think that there ain't no hope and there ain't no help Uh, but yet we forget that he can do something that seems like a dream if we'll just trust him. So what did they begin to do? When he had done that unimaginable thing they just praised him they begin to sing. When's, when is the last time that you got up in the choir and we sung page 128 out of the blueback book, I just want to thank you Lord, I, and you really meant what you were singing. Amen. I'm not saying just saying some words, I, I'm talking about you meant what you were singing. You go back to 1 Samuel chapter 1, or chapter 2, Hannah's now had Samuel... What God had, uh, what she had prayed for, God remembered them uh, uh, over here in verse 19. She has a little boy. uh, She commits him to the Lord, turns him over to the Lord. But you get to chapter 2 and Hannah prayed uh, and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Why? He had done something unimaginable. Preacher, am I not supposed to rejoice even when He don't do anything unimaginable? I agree to that. But what me and you do sometimes is we don't rejoice when He does something unimaginable. Some of y'all sitting in here, God has worked for you and moved for you and done things for you and you've not even squeaked out one word of praise about it. You've not thanked Him for it. I'm going to tell you, sometimes I know that you thank Him in your prayers. I know that we can do that. But there are times you need to come in here, uh, and, and even if I don't open the floor up for testimony time, there may be a time that you need to say, Hey preacher, I just need to say something right here. I ain't talking about just to say something. I'm talking about when you've got something to say. Why? One, He deserves the praise and the glory. But two, there may be somebody sitting in here that needs to hear what you have to say. You don't know what people are suffering with. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know where their mind is. You don't know the depression that they're in. You don't know the agony that they're having right now. There's been a few people, and I'm not making fun, but I know when they begin to talking, and we're fixing to go church. <laughs> One, they don't say a whole lot, but when they begin to talk, they've got something to say. Amen. There's some folk like that that I know God's moved on their heart. They'd have never opened their mouth. Let me say this. Let me say this today. If you want to praise him, you praise him. Amen. He's worthy of it today. Sometimes we want to get the case of the Cain Help But we ought not to wait on the case of the Cain Helpets. He's worthy. Hannah went on to say, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none as holy as the Lord, for there is none besides thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogance come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge. And by Him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken. And they that stumble are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread. And they that were hungry cease. So that the barren hath borne seven. And he that hath many children is waxed feeble. She that hath many children has waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up out of the poor, out of the dust, and lifteth up the beggar out of the dung hill, from the dung hill, to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory for the pillars of the earth are the lords. And he hath set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his kings out the horn of his anointed. That's ten verses right there that she praised the Lord, and you know why? All because she had a little boy. <laughs> the Lord moved for her, Amen. and she said, "I've got something to say." And then, buddy, she magnified the Lord, but she said, "Preacher, I ain't there." Psalms 30, he said this, for his anger endureth but for a moment. In his favor is life, weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Amen. All I can tell you to do, you may not be in the place of Psalms 126. You may not be in the place where it was unimaginable and you've got joy in your heart. God has moved and you're walking on air. And you're 10 foot tall and you know that God has saved you, kept you, moved for you, done something for you. So, preacher, I ain't there. Okay. Then keep trusting Him. Amen. Keep trusting Him. Keep, it may not work out like you want it to, but I'll guarantee you it'll work out if you'll just keep trusting Him. You say, I, I don't know what you'll have to go through. Them boys had to go into the fiery furnace before they could get out of it. Daniel had to face the den of lions. His disciples had to go into the storm. I, uh, all those, and I know we don't want to face them, but sometimes that's what we got to do. But we keep on trusting. And you know what? We will eventually get to the place where it's like a dream. I think it's kind of what heaven will be for some of us. It will be like a dream to us. I, I still can't believe I'm saved and he's going to let me in. Amen. I'm just going to be honest with you because I know, I know, I know. I know how I think sometimes. I know how my mind works sometimes. I know the, the laziness that I have and the idleness that I have in my service to Christ. But yet because of him I'm still going to get in. It'll seem like a dream. But it won't be. Thank God for that. Let's bow our heads this morning if we would cross the house